1: Welcome to Trail Towns Radio, with Paul Vanderplug and Dieter Karsnes, the first bicycle tourism
2: radio show in the world.
1: Kia ora and no mai harimai ki, Trail Towns on SENZ. That was fantastic,
2: Vandy, and g'day blokes, and g'day bloquettes, (laughs) Australia, this is Trail
1: Towns Radio. And I am Vandy, and that was Dietz, and this is Trail Towns. We are all about bike tourism. We discover trails right across Australia
2: and New Zealand and we love giving you the lowdown on where to have a holiday, Vandy, with heaps of chat thrown in.
1: Yes, we have special guests come in. Big wigs, just general bike enthusiasts to give us the lowdown on where to go and everything to do in between. We ask the hard questions, Vandy, and we also ask the soft questions. <laughs> we've, got all the, we've got all the questions covered, but uh, before we start, we'd like to do an, an acknowledgement of country. Yes, we would love to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land that we are on today, which is the land of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations and pay our respects to the elders past, present and emerging. And why that's important, Vandy, is because we ride
2: on trails all the time, you and I, and we often look at each other and we say, how lucky are we to be on these trails? And we honestly say, you know, the people have been here for 50,000 years enjoying this countryside and for that, it just blows us away. It literally blows us away. So, you know, we, we, we want to pay our respects to the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people who are listening today and we want to say we love this country. We do. And... Uh, Who are you? Well, Vandy, I am an obsessive mountain bike rider, and I am actually the only person in history to convince a sitting Australian Prime Minister to do a blue steel pose with me, Julia Gillard. And if you don't believe me, check (laughs) out the socials with Julia Gillard and I doing blue steel together.
1: Every week, it's just completely ridiculous and unbelievable. I don't don't even know if that's true. Well, you'll see it's true. (laughs) Well, I know that I am a professional bike rider, and I have carried my bike throughout the Greek islands with my fiance Chloe, just to keep the ferry staff happy. And Chloe was not happy at all. She wasn't happy with you. <laughs> She's always happy with no, you, I Vandy. just remember sweating it out, trying to carry a bike box on and off the ferries in the Greek islands. It's just ridiculous. But something that I just, yeah, you know, it's interesting.
2: Oh, you're a cyclist. But anyway, <laughs> together we host the hit TV show on SBS. And by the way, the Logies people are actually polishing up the Gold Logie I for you right now, because <laughs> <laughs> next year, you are actually leading the pack as to the person who's going to win the Gold Logie in 2022. I can't wait. I've already got my victory speech. And we're also doing Trail Towns Radio. As you can hear right now, unless you're completely deluded. Anyway, so this week on the show, We're going straight to the source of government knowledge. We're not going to be mucking around. We're going to be
1: speaking to the New South Wales Tourism Minister, Minister Stuart Ayres. I know. And Leon Bignall was the tourism minister for South Australia and the member for Mawson, also an obsessive cyclist.
2: Mawson is down the south there of Adelaide, and it's a, oh God, that's a beautiful spot down I there, I haven't isn't? been. Oh, it's amazing. And we're speaking to Mark Beretta, who is Channel 7's Sunrise host. He is a mega media star, almost of the profile of you, Vandy, or, well, you know, not quite, but... No, and by absolute dying. sheer coincidence, you wouldn't believe it, He's a cycling
1: fanatic. No. No, there you go. <laughs> they all are. <laughs> That's one prerequisite to get on the show. I would have thought, yes. And uh, we've actually got a special guest calling in right now, mixing it up a bit. We do. Now, Vandy, and as the audience
2: will know if you've listened to Vandy, is in fact a homeowner, Greg. He's a homeowner. <laughs> You're a homeowner, Greg. He's a homeowner in, uh, in well, Milgrove, next to Warburton. And the reason you bought in that area, Vandy...
1: Well, the mountain bike trails, the view from my new deck is actually looking over to Mount Little Joe, where I think the mountain bike trails are. And we've got Matt Harrington from Yarra Valley Council to give us the latest news in Warburton. G'day, Matt. Thanks for joining us.
3: G'day, guys. Great to be on.
1: Uh, We are both putting
2: our money where our mouth is because, as I've not yet mentioned, but I also bought a little block in Warburton about a year and a half ago, with my partner Jane, and the reason we did was because of what you're about to tell us. What is going on with the Warburton Trail Network? Where are we at?
3: Yeah, look, it's been a, a long journey, but we're on our way to delivering a world class mountain bike destination. You know, in the heart of the Yarra Ranges, centred around Warburton. So. Uh, We're planning up to around 177 kilometres of trails, um, trails to suit everyone, everything from green beginner flow trails all the way through to to double black diamond. Um, We're currently undertaking an environment effects statement, which is part of the planning process for for getting the project on the ground. And recently we had uh, the great opportunity for wrapping up much of that work and, and delivering it to the Minister for Planning. Um who's now given us the green light to put all of that information about three and a half thousand pages worth or one point five million words um out on public exhibition so uh, all of those documents are going to be available to the community to to review for about forty week uh, forty weekdays um, from the twenty sixth of November.
1: And I've heard that it's key at the moment to give a positive feedback and positive comments on that because, uh, Obviously, we all want the mountain bike trails to be developed there. It's going to be massive for tourism and just really good with its proximity to Melbourne. like our place is only an hour from where we live, so we can get out there and enjoy the nature.
3: Absolutely. I think you had Glenn Jacobs on a couple of weeks ago, and he talked about some of the attributes of a you know really successful trail town, and we've certainly got those. You know we're proximal to a, a, a community. Um, we've got a great town. Uh, with great services to be able to centre around Uh, we'll have trails for everyone and and as Glenn said you'll definitely be able to start with a a coffee and finish with a beer Um, and the EES process you know has really looked uh, in detail across you know a a range of elements but it is really crucial to uh, for the community to have their say Um, this this project really is about community drivers so it is about Jobs and economic outcomes for an area that has, um, you know, definitely been in economic stagnation for some time. Um, so throughout the um, exhibition period, there'll be an opportunity for the community to have their say. So once they've read through all of those documents and, and um, you know, seen what uh, inspires them or even concerns them, they can make. Um, submissions into the EES process and all of those submissions then uh, get heard at a public inquiry so there's an independent panel that um, get appointed to review all of that uh, information and then they make recommendations through to the minister on um, how to proceed.
2: Matt this town Warburton in the 20s it was the honeymoon capital of Victoria. It was a major destination for people to have a break at. Then in the 50s the Queen visited on her coronation tour with the Duke and stayed in Warburton. And then all of a sudden the town sort of just died when logging died and it's not had a purpose for a long time. Would that be fair to say? And what are these trails going to do for Warburton and the region?
3: They will certainly bring uh, some high yield visitation to, to the region and not just Warburton, but certainly the surrounding regions. Uh, we're looking at around you know, 220,000 visitors um, or 220,000 riders coming to the town over a year, generating around $48 million worth of economic return. And when you compare that to something like Grampians Peaks Trail, which was uh, only just launched this week, um, you know they're looking at about $6 million annually. Uh, we're looking at $48 million annually, over 200 jobs into the local economy once the project's fully realised.
1: Well, we've already seen a new bike shop open. The the coffee roasters come into town and opened up a new space. The Alpine Hotel, I had lunch there on last weekend and it's fantastic. It's been renovated and it's going to have a huge beer garden. So it'll be able to house the new demand that it's going to have when these trails are developed. So we're so excited.
3: Yeah, we're seeing a lot of investment in the town already, you know, and that's even before we've got the green light, you know, through the approvals process. And, you know, those people that are speculating, I think, uh, as you two guys have, I think we'll see a wonderful return. I think the Real Estate Institute of Victoria ranked uh, Warburton as the number one investment suburb in 2019. And that was really on the back of the announcements of, of funding for the project. So we're really excited to see, you know, these tourism and hospitality uh, businesses opening up along with with bike shops and the other things that that really go together to bring a trail town together.
2: We are too, Matt. And it's not just the mountain bike trails and they're going to be all levels. You've got the rail trail, which is already wonderful and a, a new rail trail being built out towards Hillsville, So the whole Yarra Ranges region is going to become a bicycle hotspot. We can't wait for it to happen. We want everybody who loves trail towns and loves our show and loves riding bikes to get on board and say this is a great thing. And, Matt, we want to thank you for joining us today. We are so excited for what the future holds for Warburton.
3: No worries. Thanks, gentlemen. And don't forget to put your submissions in through the EES
1: process and uh, have
3: your voice heard.
1: Oh, we'll be... Uh Screaming loud and clear, we, we want will. the trails. Here we do. <laughs> All right, coming up next, we're going to be chatting with our giant guest of the week, Mark Beretta, right after this. You're listening to Trail Towns Radio, the first bicycle tourism radio show in the world.
2: You're on Trail Towns with Bandy and Deets, and this is SEN. and right now we have our giant celebrity special guest of the week, Bandy. Mark Beretta. He is one of Australia's most respected and admired journalists, co-host of Sunrise on Channel 7, and he's hosted more shows than you've had punctures vandy uh been at channel 7 for 26 years and has worked on 11 olympics how many of you worked on vandy i worked on about five minutes of this olympic One coverage olympics, this so year yeah. <laughs> and mark is massively into cycling and he's been awarded an oam for his work to charitable causes mark thanks so much for joining us on Sen trail towns radio
4: hey guys uh good to be chatting in You've obviously uh, seen what I've been eating during lockdown because uh, Giant is probably exactly the right reference.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like the rest of us. Ah, but um, <laughs> you're obviously a household name in Australia, but people don't know that you're actually really into cycling and, and it's it's something that you're passionate about. Can you tell us a bit yeah. more about that? Yeah. I, um, when I
4: arrived at uh, Channel 7 uh, in the late 97, it used to cover the Herald Sun Tour. And um, it was one of the first things I got sent to. And I worked with uh, Ian Gates, who was the producer at the time, who's a, um, another mad cyclist. Um, and John Trevorrow was bouncing around, and uh, John Craven was running the place. And, yep. um, and um, so the, the, they sent me off to cover the Herald Sun tour, and I had a blast. I fell in love with it. I, one year I got to work with Robbie McHugh, and he, uh, he wasn't riding. I think he was injured at the time, so he came and did commentary with us, but... Uh, it was just fantastic. You know, grade. O'Grady was riding at the time, and, and I just fell in love with, with riding, um, with being out on the road, you know, with the tactics of racing. And um, a few years later, my little brother, Paul, um, I'm one of uh, three boys, and Paul's the youngest.
1: Great name. But Paul
4: bought a bike shop.
1: <laughs> I'm also a Paul. <laughs> <laughs>
5: oh, good.
4: <laughs> love it. Um, so Paul bought, a, uh, Paul bought a bike shop in Geelong, and so one of the first things he did was sell me a bike. Um, at zero discount uh, but I'm not bitter about that <laughs> and um, and, uh, and so I sort of got riding and I, I, by that stage we'd moved to Sydney and um, I, I fell into a, a great little community here of, uh, of a couple of mates who rode and then I, I sat down one Christmas with Rach um, and I was sort of thinking you know I've been sort of head down and, and bum up working I thought it's probably time to do something you know for someone else just do something find a, a charity and get involved and I found Tour de Cure and at that stage they'd done about two or three rides and it was a really really small just sort of starting out charity but they did these big bike rides sort of 10 days 1500 k's up and down the east coast and um, I just fell in love with the idea and uh, started training for that and and went to see them and we worked out that we could take the sunrise show sort of on the road each day and do the sport from wherever we were each morning and it, it really worked out well it was great for sunrise and it was great for the charity and you know, the charity's kicked on and I'm, I'm on the board of Tour de Cure now and 15 years later we've raised, what, about $70 million for cancer research and um, assisted in uh, 50 major breakthroughs worldwide in cancer research. So it's, it's a great Australian story and, um, and my love of cycling is, is still there and I'm still a bit sore from getting out on the, the big open road again on the weekend. So it's great.
1: Such a good cause.
2: Mark, um, a lot of us love cycling and not a lot of us have the profile that you have in the media. You've worked in the media forever from Geelong originally, (laughs) I would imagine. Tell us your journey because you worked in radio, didn't you, originally?
4: Yeah, yeah, I started out, um, I I got a job, I was uh, at uni at Swinburne in Melbourne doing engineering and I'd grown up in Geelong and I I, I loved Geelong and down the coast and and, uh, so 3GL was the radio station and they were looking for uh, someone to come in and read the sport with the news each morning. So um, somehow I wangled that job um, and just bluffed my way in, uh, you know, pretending I'd had experience and I hadn't. And um, so I started reading the sport in the morning and the newsreader at the time was a guy called Ian Nichols and he was a legend and, and he he taught me a lot. Um, and then um, I'd sort of, I'd do that in the morning and then I'd drive up to uni each day and come back at night and get up in the morning, you know, sort of four o'clock for sort of 6am on air. And I just actually, after a year, it was exhausting. So I, I said to the guys, um, look, I'm probably gonna have to bail. And I was in my last year of uni and, uh, they said, look, the, the network Hoyts media just bought three GL and, and K rock in Geelong. They turned it into, and then, um, They had, obviously, the Triple M network around Australia. So they said to me, do you want to do do some stuff at Triple M? And I thought, hello, (laughs) this is big time. (laughs) And um, so I jumped at that and started doing weekend stuff up there. uh, When I started out at Triple M, my first gig was I was doing reading sport for um, a Saturday morning breakfast show, which was with uh, Shirley Shirley Strawn and Red Simon from Skyhooks. Yeah, 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 legend, absolute legend. And that was a it was an awesome thing to be around and working on. I mean I was mm. I was just a bright eyed kid and I was just in awe of those two guys and and then when um another young fellow, Eddie Maguire, um, started about the same time, but Eddie used to take breaks and then I'd I'd go in and work with the D Gen and fill in for him midweeks and yeah, you know, and the D gen were just flying at that wow. stage, you know, Rob Sitch and, and all the crew and uh, you know, just it was Mick Malloy and and they were just they were fantastic and they Triple M just owned the city in Melbourne. It was a fantastic time to be there. And then um, Eddie got me into Channel Ten uh, in Melbourne, and I started commentating basketball, and working with the team on the NBL. I did a bit of stuff in the newsroom, and then Drew Morford at uh, Seven decided he d- just wanted to call footy games from now on. And uh, so uh, Jimmy Wilson rang me and said, "Listen, there's a job over here." And- Uh, I got my interview was with um, a guy called Bill Cannon in the car park at uh, Channel Seven while he had a cigarette, and um, (laughs) and I was in. So I started at seven in 1995, and a couple of months after I started there, uh, they announced a deal uh, that Seven had got the Olympics from uh, Atlanta in '96 through to Beijing 2008, summer and winter. And I was just punching the air because um, yeah, it was just it was just i lucked in at the right time it was it was just really cool and then came to sydney to staff up the sydney olympics in 2000 and um they started sunrise around the same time and uh, we just we just stayed and we've sort of been here ever since and you know sunrise has, has been a, a great success and a, a, an awesome thing to work on so and uh, that was what 17 years ago and we've been i think number one brekkie show for for 17 years since so It's it's been an awesome ride. I've I've loved every minute and I'm very grateful and it's, it's a privilege to go to work every morning
1: so good and um, so back on the Olympics I had the honor to actually commentate for channel 7 for the mountain bike event because I'm a oh, mount- awesome, yeah I'm a mountain biker so I was with Scott McGrory, who was yep. fantastic he was the lead and I was the the expert commentator or whatever well it,
4: it actually sounded like it was the other way around it was, it
1: was <laughs> well yeah that's good yeah Scott's Scott's pretty <laughs> he's pretty good voice for the uh, commentating but um out of all the Olympics, do you have, like, a, a greatest memory? And I know this is a tough question, but if you could no, pick one. No,
4: the, yeah. It, it, to be honest, um, it, it, probably a, a few. I know that's a cop-out. But, look, um, Atlanta, your first one, I think, is always just just mind-blowing. Like, yeah. um, Atlanta in 96 was incredible. You know, it just, just blew me away. I mean, you'd be walking around the stadium, you'd bump into Jerry Seinfeld or, you know, um, one one day the side of the stadium was blocked off. Um, because Bill Clinton and his, his motorcade was there and his motorcade took up the whole side of the stadium you know it was just it was unbelievable you know I'd be walking around there and bump into one Antonio Samarancho did a quick interview with him on the run so um, you know and it was it was just wide-eyed and Kathy Freeman won the silver medal in Atlanta in 96 yep. and I was there the moment she got back to her mum and she said to her mum at the time she said mum you're not disappointed are you because I'll I'll make up for it in Sydney. Oh, and I just went, wow. <laughs> That's <laughs> Probably a Probably the most powerful statement I've ever heard. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And sure enough, she did. So uh, I, that just blew my mind. You know, and I was hooked on Olympics from then on. And, um, and I actually stayed with the Paralympics, the first time we'd done coverage of the Paralympics in Atlanta. So, and that was awesome too. And then Sydney came around and the weirdest thing happened. Um, there, there was a, a bit of a fallout with uh, one of the hosts at the time. and. Um, and Jimmy Wilson and I got promoted to, to prime time. We were sort of hosting through the middle of the night, and we got bumped to sort of prime time. So the night that Cathy Freeman raced on Monday night, the twenty fifth of September two thousand, was probably one of the most well. It still is one of the most watched nights ever in Australian television history. And if you go back, there's a there's a bloody very young fella hosting the coverage, <laughs> and, and that's that, that's me. So I got to sort of throw to throw to Bruce at the stadium and come back and and do interviews and. It was seriously, I I just couldn't believe it. I was pitching myself. And to be honest, I have never done anything on air in front of an audience that big again. So my career actually peaked 21 (laughs) years ago. (laughs) (laughs) It was unreal. (laughs) But then, you know, and and some great times too. I mean, uh, London was an awesome Olympic Games. You know, that was pretty special. And then Mm. this last one in Tokyo, just to to be there, to be one of the, the lucky few who got to go and share it with our athletes who were just on fire and there was just an amazing Australian attitude in Tokyo, so yeah, you know, that was that was really special.
2: Mark, you've worked in the media with some royalty, like in all seriousness, Red Simon, Shirley Strawn. I remember mm. them from the seventies when ego's yeah. not a dirty word. The working dog boys, obviously Eddie McGuire, the working dog team. I was actually telling Vandy today about Mike Moore on Frontline, literally <laughs> telling him today about that show because it's incredible. But in over my of, head. yes, exactly. But in terms of royalty, <laughs> young fella, royalty. I oh know. What do you do? Royalty in cycling. Who's your favourite cyclist and why? Oh,
4: geez, that's hard. Um, well, I've been lucky enough because uh, seven have been doing the the Tour Down Under for the last couple of years, so I've been able to been lucky enough to be sent to host that for the last couple of years. So, nice. and and coming up through, um, you know, sort of the Herald Sun Tour, I've um, been able to see, you know, quite a lot of the guys over the years. They they used to uh, Tour Down Under when it first started would uh, get me to come over to host the the dinner. I don't know if you've ever been to or you've heard about the dinner that they have on the Saturday night, but it's sort of two and a half thousand people in the Adelaide Convention Centre and the who's who of world cycling. For two years in a row, um, Phil Lee and I interviewed um, Lance Armstrong up on stage, which at the time was, you know, he was was massive. And, you know, he, he would talk in the interviews, he would swear black and blue that he was innocent. And then, you know, to find out that of course he wasn't innocent, uh, you know, we believed him at the time because the guy's looking you in the eyes, but he became probably that good or that convinced in his own mind that he was innocent that you know he could look you in the face and tell you that. Um, but favourites, uh, for me, Jens Voigt is a favourite of mine. 17, uh, 17 uh, Tour de France's. Yes. And uh, for me, favourite story for Jens, his last tour down under, um, he's riding up a Langer Hill, and <laughs> one of the blokes on the sideline had a beer and said, Yenzi, would you like a beer? And he said, yeah, I'll have a beer. <laughs> so the guy passed in the beer. Yenzi drank the can on the way up the Wollonga Hill and still finished pretty well. So, um, so he's good. a ripping guy. I've, I've ridden with Yenzi. Yenzi's come to do probably about six or seven Tour de Cure events. He, he comes out each year to do it. And it's just just amazing. You know, he's an awesome bloke. Um, so, yeah, he, he'd be my favourite. So, yeah, and the Aussies are great. Robbie McEwen I've always been pretty close with. Yep. Um, Cadell I've, I've got to know through working on his race. So, um, yeah, So as far as picking a favourite, very hard boys. I'll go with a blanket over a few, but Jens, to me, is just hilarious. He's a, he's a legend.
1: I think Yenzi's <laughs> attitude, that famous interview that's gone viral when he was just like, shut up, legs, and do what I tell you. <laughs> 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 My brother has a T-shirt that says, shut up, legs, on it. <laughs> Such a good attitude.
4: Um, it's actually really funny to, to ride along with Yenzi and hear him tell you that story, you know, where he just, he just said that to his legs, just shut up legs. And, uh, it's, it's That's the way, so good. It's The way he says it, he's one of the happiest blokes on earth. He's got something like 38 kids or something. I think he's got six kids himself, so he's, you know, he's flat out. But he's doing commentary for NBC in the States now, so he's, be great. Um, he's kicked on with a great career. And, he, of course, he's an ambassador for the Tour Down Under, so we see him every year for Tour Down Under, which is awesome. Totally.
1: And this show is called Trail Towns, which is about cycle tourism. Do you go on bike holidays, and what's your favourite town to go to?
4: Oh, okay. Can I throw one at you? Beechworth um, is one of my all-time favourites, and it's not just for the Bridge Road Brewery, which is awesome in its own right, um, but it's a place to cycle around. Whether you're on the road or on the trail, the trails around there are incredible.
1: Yes, I was actually um, there last weekend. We went to Provenance, ah, which was this super fancy Japanese restaurant. It was so oh, good. Unbelievable. Wow.
4: <laughs> so, yeah, so that's a, that's a ripper. But um, the mountain towns are always fine good. You know, we can when ride around. Um, I've been up and down Hotham a couple of times and, and love that. But, um, you know, gosh, um, Great Ocean Road. I've ridden down there a couple of times on different rides. Um, so many good spots. That's and I've got to say, one of my favourites is, is actually out of Sydney um, along the coastline and along the, that, um, I can't remember the name of the bridge, but the bridge goes out over the ocean. Uh, on oh,
1: the way near, to Wollongong. Near Wollongong. Matt. Sydney Harbour Bridge. Yeah, huh? of <laughs> <laughs> Heard of
6: that one?
2: Um, the one south. <laughs> now, look, we've got to wind this up, Mark, but we've got some yeah. rapid-fire questions. Are you ready? I'm going to okay. start it off. Ready? Is, is it lycra That's... or baggies?
1: Uh, lycra. Cadell or yens? Oh, Jens. Latte <laughs> or long black? Don't drink coffee. Oh, okay, food. Laksa or sushi? Sushi.
2: So Trail Towns on SBS or Play School?
1: Trail Towns on SBS. I <laughs> oh, do like you said that. Vandy or Dietz? Oh, both. They're both legends. Oh, he's correct answer. What a cop out.
2: Mark, you're an absolute champion for coming on Trail Towns on SEN with Vandy and Dietz. We really enjoyed having you here. Thank you so much. Thank you, man. Thanks, Legends. No worries. Well, I'll see you out on the road sometime. You got it. I you think it'd be a
1: little bit quicker than me,
2: but well done, you. <laughs> <laughs> see
1: you guys. Thanks again, All Mark right. Beretta, you legend. Coming up on the show right after this is the Quad Lock topic of the week, the knowledge. You're on SEN with Vandy and Dietz. You're listening to Trail Towns Radio, the first bicycle tourism radio show in the world.
2: You're with Vandy and Dietz and this is Trail Towns on SEN and now it's time for the Quad Lock Topic of the week, and this week it's the knowledge, governor. Now, you know what the knowledge is, mate?
1: Well, I have no idea. You just wrote down the knowledge, and now we're talking about it. But well, the
2: the knowledge is what you would have to learn if you were a London cab driver back in the day. Obviously, before GPS, you would see these London cabbies on bicycle on, on scooters with a notebook, learning London. Like, I mean, learning every street in London. It took them twelve months. It was called the knowledge You sound like you're from London. I used to live in London. I used to make (laughs) false teeth there, mate. Well, you are a cabbie. I was responsible for an entire generation of Londoners eating solid food for the first time. (laughs) Oh, they used to love that. Eating beef and and, and chicken and whatnot. Anyway. What has that got to do with anything? Exactly. So we're going to give you the knowledge. Top three trail towns in Victoria, uh, South Australia and New South Wales. Uh, Vandy, your time starts now with New South Wales.
1: Okay. For New South Wales, I'm going to say the Threadbow region, and maybe including Canberra in that, because we always include Canberra. What
2: about the Sapphire Coast down near Bega and Burnie? Oh, Tathra. Yes,
1: that's, that's fantastic. And Uh, Another one is the Hunter Valley, just outside of Newcastle.
2: I've never ridden there. Have you ridden there?
1: Well, I've heard a lot about it. I've ridden there for the port-to-port mountain bike race, but I'd uh, love to go up and explore the new trails that they've developed.
2: Oh, Trail Towns Television. Watch this space. Now, Victoria. Victoria, well, obviously...
1: I mean, (coughs) ride high country, which is northeast Victoria, and it's ever-growing. It's like... I don't know, this kingdom, and they're just taking over more land, the Ride High Country region.
2: And if you've never ridden the High Country region, you must. Okay, I'll say the Otways, the whole surf coast, as a matter of fact, from pretty uh, much like actually even Geelong, Yu Yangs, all the way through to Apollo Bay.
1: or including the Great Ocean Road because it's just such a special, unique part of the world. It truly is. And I think Gippsland is a very underrated part of Victoria with fantastic bicycle tourism offerings, so I'm going to add that.
2: Omeo, tell us about that.
1: Well, we don't know the current status of the trails there, but I think I've been talking to the mayor of Bansdale, who's a family friend, and it's projected that they're going to have 100-plus kilometres of mountain bike trails within the next couple of years, so watch that space. Omeo is going to be fantastic. Vandy,
2: I'm thinking of going to South Australia. Where would you suggest that I ride?
1: Well, I haven't been there personally, but I would love to go to the Floriade Peninsula,
2: Oh, I've heard that is – well, I know that is beautiful, but I've never ridden there either. But what about the Riesling Trail and the Barossa Valley region for bicycle tourism and wine enjoying? And
1: I've ridden from Adelaide cheese eating, into yeah. the Barossa Valley when I was there for the tour down under, which is on every January, and it was fantastic.
2: I reckon – the Melrose area is one I've not ridden, but I've heard it is amazing. I know the Flinders Ranges area and the whole region is one of the most beautiful parts, actually, in Australia. I've been there. Uh, a few years ago uh, in a camper van and it was terrific because they said don't take it off road and I did and the whole bumper fell off <laughs> oh, great <laughs> pretty hard to explain yeah. that one it's a rental don't be gentle well, zip ties everywhere yeah. on the thing
1: <laughs> no so essentially that's our knowledge is it,
2: it well it's knowledge so it's if quick you, knowledge it's, it's quick knowledge it's pretty fast knowledge but there's some ideas for your trail towns holidays we call it the knowledge or as we like to call it also it's called the internet which we can actually look up this stuff but no we've written in this stuff we know it
1: yeah and i think it's more just about exploring new places and places that you want to go and that interest you so you don't want to go to a place that doesn't interest you but yeah well anyway who better to chat about south australian holidays than our next guest leon bignall leon thanks so much for coming on sen trail
2: towns radio
5: absolute pleasure great to talk to you fellas
2: Leon, you are the Tourism Minister for South Australia. Tell us about tourism in South Australia.
5: Well, so I had five years in that role, uh, which ended in 2018 when we lost government, but I managed to hold onto my seat, which includes the beautiful areas of McLaren Vale, Wollonga, down that western side of the Fleurieu, and uh, over to Kangaroo Island. So great part of the world, and we really built up the visitor numbers over the years um, when I was Tourism Minister, and things were uh, ticking along really well. We'd grown visitation, we had... More international airlines coming into South Australia, and then of course uh, COVID hit, so it's sort of uh, the brakes have been slammed on it, like they have in most places around the world in the past couple of years, which is a a real pity.
1: Well, I've heard so much about that McLaren. I mean, I've been to the McLaren Vale region for watching the Tour Down Under at Wollonga Hill. Um, What's happening in that space for like day-to-day tourism outside of the Tour Down Under?
5: So around the tour down under, we tried to build up Willunga and uh, the, and, and the McLaren Vale wine region. You know, look, the most famous uh, climb in Australia for the past twenty years has been Willunga Hill because it's been in every tour down under. So we we decided that you know you you might sit there and watch Cadell and everyone else go up that uh, uh, that climb over the years, but why not come down and have a go at it yourself? And while you're having a go taste our amazing wines and all the food and go to the Wollongong Farmer's Market. So you can come any time of the year, but then you know, late January, sit back and, and watch the professionals do it and go, oh, that wasn't too bad, you know, it only took me half a day. You know, these guys have done it in uh, <laughs> you know, a lot less than that. But, Absolutely. Um, and, and you can hire e-bikes or normal bikes around the area as well. So um, for those who are all kitted up and want to bring their gear, that's great, they can bring their bikes over, but you can also hire bikes locally. So we've seen a little cottage industry, um, you know, pop up around the success of the Tour Down Under.
2: I've been telling people forever, Leon, how great South Australia and Adelaide is to come for a bike holiday, literally for 30 years. What makes Adelaide and the Adelaide Hills and down into your region, just south of that, a tiny bit, so special for somebody who hasn't been there before?
5: Well, you know, the, the teams stay in the one hotel for the whole race uh, when they come down because fi- a 15-minute drive, uh, a ride, from uh, to the east, you're in the hills, and you've got some great climbing to do, um uh, a a 10 or 15 minute ride to the west and you're along the beaches the metropolitan beaches and then you head down south to mclaren vale or head out north to uh, the barossa valley and in fact you can you can do the whole lot you can start in mclaren vale ride up through the adelaide hills and uh and and around the uh, the barossa valley as well so uh, terrific um roads Pretty courteous drivers as well, you know, because we're so used to having people out in the roads. Um, and, and great weather, you know, even in in, in winter we don't get snow and sleet. We get uh, we get the old cold odd cold day and a bit of rain. But uh, you know, summer's just magnificent to be uh, riding the bikes. We also have a trail um, that you can ride horses or bikes on, which goes from McLaren Vale up through the Adelaide Hills and into um, the Barossa and I'm sure that as e-bikes become more popular people will be sort of heading up there on their e-bikes as well.
1: No the Adelaide region is so good and the beach is right there so you can go to the hills in the morning for a ride and then the afternoon you can go kick back on the beach it's unbelievable but um, yeah
5: it's just stunning.
1: We hear that you love cycling yourself what sort of riding do you get up to?
5: Well, to be honest, I haven't really ridden that much. When I was um, recently, when I was tourism minister, it was kind of, you just slugging it out. You're up sort of at five every morning and sort of getting home from functions at uh, about midnight because I wasn't just the minister for tourism. I had agriculture, food, fisheries, forests, tourism, recreation, sport, and racing. So I found (laughs) I was sitting in the car... (laughs) and in meetings, and it functions for most of my life. So I really did fall into bad habits in terms of not being on the bike. I've got this beautiful uh, Pinarello Paris sitting in a spare bedroom at home that hasn't had a lot of riding, and it's actually – I'm doing it a disservice. It's a a beautiful piece of craftsmanship, but I should be getting out on it. But I used to ride a bit. I used to train – Well, go on training rides. I shouldn't say train with uh, the sprint group when Shane Kelly and um, those guys were involved in that. We'd sort of set out from Henley Beach. We'd go up to the foothills, and then Stewie O'Grady, Brad McGee, and all the boys would head up uh, into the into the hills and do corkscrew and those sort of climbs. And I just sort of uh, you know hang out with the uh, the sprint group because it was was more to my liking, not having to you know (laughs) go up the go up the steep climbs of the hills, but. Great days. That was when I was a sports you know working for the ABC, and then before that working as a correspondent, living in Switzerland from ninety four to ninety six. So got to cover the Tour de France and a lot of other bike races, and was embedded in the Australian track cycling team for a while as well, where I'd go on their camps into, into uh, Northern Italy, go to the World Championships in Bogotá and Palermo. So got to know Stewie and uh, uh, Shane Kelly really well, and uh, and, and all those uh, all the other cyclists who were part of that era.
2: I, yeah, I, it, is, it is so exciting. Tell me, um, my family actually came out to South Australia in the 1840s and helped build the rail network. This is my mum's side, Leon, in South Australia. I think rail trails are such an exciting thing for people to do because you can get out with your whole family and enjoy them. What's your favourite rail trail or your trail town in South Australia that you can tell the
5: audience and say, you've
2: got to come to this place?
5: Well, pretty much every wine region used to have rail in it, and now they don't, but the, the rail has been converted. So in Clare, famous for their Rieslings, we have the Riesling Trail. In McLaren Vale, famous for Shiraz, we have the Shiraz Trail. Barossa's got its own trail. We've got a trail through the Adelaide Hills as well. So I'm with you. I reckon that uh, any way you can get from winery to winery, um, you know, drinking and riding responsibly, of course, um, is, is a great thing. So um, for the recreational riders, you can just get on those trails and do them and uh uh, the the, the good thing, and and for an unfit fellow like me, the thing I like most about uh, um, bike tracks that follow old rail lines is that they design them to use the least amount of coal in the steam engine. So that means that when I'm out there riding my bike, I'm not puffing too much.
1: Oh, it's so good. We love rail trails. And speaking of what we love, we love the rapid-fire round, which we're about to jump into. We're going to give you two options. You have to pick one. Dietz is going to kick it off.
2: All right. You ready, Leon? Shiraz. Ready as I'll ever be. Shiraz or Riesling?
5: Riesling.
1: Oh. Melrose or Melbourne?
5: Melrose. <laughs>
1: Easily. I would have thought. <laughs> that, give me.
2: Um, Port Adelaide or the Adelaide Crows? This says a lot about a man.
5: Uh, Port Adelaide.
1: Oh. Well done, you. <laughs> the divide. I like it. Eagle on the Hill or
5: Fox Creek? Ooh, Fox Creek, I reckon. These yeah. days it's uh, the premier place, yeah. Building yeah. it back?
2: It's wild. Okay, yep. here we go. This is really going to test you out whether you are truly a South Australian. Winery or craft brewery?
5: Oh, I, lo- I love all my substances, including the uh, distilleries that we've got. Winery, I reckon.
1: Yes, nice, classy. Okay, doozy, Bob Hawke or the Hilltop Hoods?
5: Do the Bob Hawke. <laughs> in, well, he came from, Bordertown. Yeah, yeah, he did. He came, he came from Bordertown. The Hilltop Hills came from O'Halloran Hill.
2: Yeah, yeah exactly. So, um, both are absolute legends. You I have I'd to go, pick one. I'd go to the Hilltop Woods person. But anyway,
5: I'm going Bob. I, I, I love Bob. I went to his well, memorial service. What a great, great Australian, you know? Yes. he surely was. But he surely was. As well. <laughs> yeah, that'll
1: that Well, thank you, Leon, for coming on. We loved chatting with you. You were a ripper, mate. Anytime. Love your show. See you guys. Thank you, Leon. So
2: after the break, we're speaking to the Minister for Tourism for New South Wales, Stuart Eyre, on the newly re-rounded Nissan segment All right after the break.
1: You're listening to Trail Towns Radio, the first bicycle tourism radio show in the world. This is Trail Towns with Bandy and Dietz, and now it's time for the Nissan Talking to Very Important Decision Makers Whilst Being on the Road segment. We
2: sure are, and this week we're speaking to the Right Honourable Stuart Ayres, who is the Minister for Tourism for New South Wales. His father was in the Defence Force, and um, we're doing the Bravery Trust Bravery Trek, so we might even chat to uh, Minister Ayres about that, but... uh, He loves his sport. He played AFL local comp in Sydney. Minister Stuart Ayres, welcome to Trail Towns Radio. Good to be here, gents. Happy to hear what we've
0: got to say about uh, biking and cycling and all things on two wheels right across New South Wales.
1: Absolutely. We're excited to have you on the show, and we're going to get straight into it. How important is cycle tourism to New South Wales?
0: Look, I think it's really critical. We've seen an evolution around cycling tourism right across the country but here in New South Wales we've got fantastic regional settings, great diverse landscapes, hinterlands close to our beaches, mountain-based national park. So it's really well suited to cycling and I think we can draw more out of that. It's a key part of our visitor economy strategy 2030 and we also want to substantially improve the infrastructure that supports cycling right across the state. So whether that's better mountain biking trails or use of Rail trails for long long distance cycling activities, um, improved road infrastructure that's more cyclist friendly. Um, it's, a, it's a big part of our agenda here in New South Wales. And as a tourism minister, one of the things I love about cyclists is you guys spend lots of money and that's great in communities. So um, they tend to spend more money than your average tourist. Um, so visitor spend is higher. That means more money being spent in restaurants, hotels, cafes, bars, clubs, etc. right across the Uh, across the community
2: it's so exciting Stuart in New South Wales right now we did an episode for our SBS show and we rode the Tumbarumba to Rosedale Rail Trail a brand new rail trail and it was stunning now the rail trails in New South Wales are this massive opportunity because of some changes in legislation I think there could be more opening up what's the future of rail trails in New South Wales
0: yeah, there's a lot of strong support for rail trails right across the state. That Tumbarumba rail trail is one that's been a really strong um, advocacy by the community to get up and and running. And I know that it's made a lot of headway, um, particularly through this period of time when COVID has substantially reduced the type of travel that can take place. I think people have really um, benefited from having sort of exercise-based tourism like rail trails. I know other communities right around the state have looked at what's taken place at Tumbarumba and we have made it easier to utilise those rail trails for tourism purposes. So local governments, the state government, um, national parks are all looking at ways in which they can better use those rail trails, particularly for cycling activities, but connecting communities and allowing travellers and tourists to spend more money in in those regions.
1: Absolutely. The rail trails, we love them here at trail towns. And so as you touched on, New South Wales is such a huge state with all different terrain. I've ridden mountain bikes in Threadbow, for example, but there's coastal trails and all that sort of thing. Um, what's your knowledge of bike holidays and what, what's your favourite places or what uh, hot tips do you have for New South Wales?
0: Well, I think there's some, something for everyone. Look, if you're a mountain biker, we've got places like Kosciuszko National Park. You can get up into the central, the central west of the state, in and around places like Orange and Mount Kenobolis. Um You can also push up into the hinterland, in and around um, the northern part of the state, just off the coast. Um, if you want to do um, some fantastic road cycling, um, there's some absolute cracking locations in the, in the southern part of the state. Um, those areas in and around the ACT. Um I can tell you cycling between vineyards is a good thing to do um, <laughs> <We know. laughs> so um i think there 's you know some really great opportunities um for for anyone whether you whether you want to be on the road or whether you want to be off road on mountain biking there 's definitely something for for everyone and if you 're not far away from the coast there 's there's always the opportunity to do a bit of uh, saltwater recovery in the um, in the in the ocean as well.
4: Absolutely,
2: we do as we said on this of show. So we've had um, so many people in New South. Uh, Wales South- uh, saying, come to our region, tell our stories. We went to Wagga Wagga in the Snowy Valleys in season one. We'll send you a link there, Stuart. It's An amazing TV show, maybe the best <laughs> ever made. I'm not too sure, but it, it was uh, a wonderful adventure. But I can't believe course- I haven't
0: given you a logie already.
2: <laughs> I know. Well, we are actually chatting before. They're polishing up Vandy's gold logie for next year. Right now. I know. I can't wait. I know, he's making (laughs) space on his shelf for it. But um, what are the regions telling you about cycle tourism? Are they saying, you know, let's get it going, there's something here which we can really leverage?
0: Yeah, I I think it's well supported right across regional New South Wales. I think people recognise some of those fundamentals. They're good travellers, they spend a lot of money, um, they often travel in in solid groups. Um, So as a tourist profile, they're a good thing to, to chase, they're a good thing to set up your local tourism Um, marketing towards and the other great thing about what we're doing here in New South Wales is is really allowing people to reconnect with nature and really encouraging that I think it's a big part of our existing tourism campaign we've just launched a new campaign here in New South Wales called feel new um, which is really talking about that clash of natural landscapes and really diverse cultures and there are so many ways to experience that across regional New South Wales on a bike
1: Yeah, we love getting out in nature. But we've got uh, a question we ask most of our guests, and I know you have to be very on the fence, but we want to know what your favourite place in New South Wales to go on a Trail Towns holiday. Trail
0: Towns holiday. Well, look, I really like that southern area of the state that you've been talking about. I think um, if you're making your way through Tumut and Tumbarumba, Wagga, um, maybe jump in the car and make your way a little bit up the road to the snowy the snowy valley and and pick up some of that area around Osco. I think you'll uh, you'll be hard pressed to find a better place on earth than than that area to cycle, and you'll meet plenty of great people
2: along the way. It is really breathtaking. We were saying in the car when we were making the show: are the mountains getting higher, or are the valleys getting deeper? Stuart, <laughs> what is the answer to that question?
0: Well, I think it's valleys get deeper in
2: Australia. I thought it? so. Yeah, uh,
0: everyone everyone thinks about. Mountains and our mountains aren't necessarily high by global standards, but those those valleys uh, There's something just so beautifully unique about them here in Australia. Whether it's whether it's in in Kosciuszko or around those locations in the Snowy Valley that you were talking about, or even getting up into. Closer to where I live in and around the Blue Mountains. It's it's the depth of the valley that's breathtaking.
2: It is art- utterly breathtaking. Now, on that note, Vandy, we'll have to do a shout out for Tumut because what a town Tumut is. Ride the trails, sit by the river, and go to the brewery for right. something to drink It's so others. good. It's so beautiful.
1: But now, Minister, Minister, we, Minister, we have the rapid fire round. Essentially, we just need you to answer. Uh, one way or the other. So we'll give you two options, and then you have to give us your answer. Okay. Hit me with it. Okay, is it the Red Bow or Tathra? Red Bow. Ah, Sydney Harbour or Coffs Harbour?
2: Sydney Harbour. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs>
1: AFL or NRL? Uh, AFL. Yeah, Yay. we knew we liked you. <laughs> Sydney Swans or GWS.
0: GWS by the length of the Flemington Strait and some. Oh,
1: no, they're, they're, I'm, a, I'm a
2: swan supporter. We call them the goos down here and we love it. Is it not the best uh, club song in the whole of the AFL? Seriously, it's isn't big, it wonderful? big, sound. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's another western sound. Okay, so we've got uh, last one, mountain bike or rail trail. Mountain bike.
1: Yes.
2: yes. Uh, All right. Stuart, what a delight having you on. It was a big, big sound from the northern part of the Murray. I don't know. I'm trying to make the <laughs> song work here.
1: <laughs> Thank you for coming on. We really appreciate your time and thanks for chatting with us.
0: No, thanks, Dietz. Thanks, Vanny. It's been a pleasure.
1: What a fantastic chat with Minister Ayres. You're on Trail Towns with Vandy and Dietz. And now it's time for the Shimano terrific top tech tip with Jammo. But Jammo was complaining that he didn't have a jingle. So this week, Dietz has come up with one. So here we go. Jammo from Bicycle, Quality Bicycles. Are you ready?
2: I'm going back to Jammo. 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 I'm going back to Jammo. I don't think so. There you go. A bit of LL Cool J there for you, Jammo. I love it. I
6: love it. It's not quite what I had in mind, but it'll do. It'll do. Heels tall.
2: Anyway, we won't go into the song. That's probably enough. She said she liked the ocean. How are you, Jammo? Uh... I'm good, thanks. That that was great.
6: What do you got for us this week, guys? Well, good timing that you called now because I've just finished replacing the suspension pivots the pivot bearings on a ten year old Yeti ASR, which is like a really high end, you know, expensive bike. Yeah. But what a nightmare! You needed ten, twelve, fifteen fingers to hold everything in place while you slide the, um, you know, the the bushings back through the, um, through the pivots. Just a nightmare. I can and imagine. I, it made me think. There's a good reason why they don't have the product designers and the. The bike mechanics' office party on the same day. <laughs>
5: they're,
2: they're in different wings of the same
6: building, are they? Punches <laughs> would be thrown. If I could catch up with the bloke that designed that bike. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: is anyway, the tip uh, check your suspension bearings? <laughs> don't wow. become a bike I'll come designer. Back
6: to that. No, I'm going to come back to that. Oh yes. But first thing, how was the show last week? Because I, I didn't hear it. Oh what? Because the the only AM radio I've got to listen to SEN is in my in my van, and I've had a flat battery. And when when you get a new battery put in, you've got to re-enter a four-digit code to make the radio work again. Oh, and man. I don't know what the four-digit code is. So every time I get in the car, I've been. You know, I have a, a couple – you get three goes, and I've been having three goes, but it's there's 10,000 combinations.
2: So. <laughs> Locked out of your own car. <laughs> but, yeah, but,
6: but I just don't want to – I know I can take it to the dealer and they'll do it, but I, I just can't bring myself to, to well, give in. I don't know.
1: I don't know how to break it to you, but last week's show was terrible. We had horrible feedback.
2: <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's not true. In fact, we—my mum said it was the best show she's ever heard. Oh,
1: that's terrific.
2: I know, isn't it? Amazing? Have you thought of maybe trading that car in uh, there, Jammer? Well, <laughs> yes, it's
6: I six years old, and
2: I was just looking on the Nissan website. Oh, they're a sponsor, aren't they? Oh, uh, they—they're <laughs> more than a sponsor. They're like a partner. It's <laughs> like we're in love with them. <laughs> Can I borrow a
6: Nissan GTR for the weekend? Oh right, okay. Well, you have to. I was actually yeah. wanting
1: a Nissan GTR <laughs> written in my contract. The problem is they're not super practical for transporting bikes, so they didn't want to give us yeah. one. Not yeah. at all practical right. for transporting bikes.
6: <laughs> you know, you know what I would really like to have a go of is the new Nissan Leaf electric. Oh, and they're awesome! And I was just having a look. They're fifty grand. You get three thousand bucks back from the state government or New South Wales state government. Well, and imagine you never go to a petrol station ever again, unless you need a litre of milk.
1: Well, yeah, well, as they say, we're pretty much making money. We should all be buying them.
6: Now, is Josh Rydenberg joining us?
2: Uh, this week. Well, no, we, we expect him to join us next week. Uh, he's a very busy uh, man, But he apparently. did hear about yeah. your comments that you made about him, and yeah. I think he sort of might have hit reverse gear a tad there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, well, uh, we're going to so, wind this up. So, you, we're going to wind you, up. We have talked about anything really so far. <laughs> our our, our <laughs> listeners are going to be, like, feeling even more shortchanged than normal.
6: All right, straight to the top it's a cheap sport, but it's not free. Does that make sense? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> oh, <no.
2: laughs> uh, uh, what sort of tip is that? <laughs> That's the worst tip you've ever it's done. not for free. <laughs> <laughs> not for free. Oh, gee whiz. It's a Plato-esque, it that one. What are you? What are you? Aristotle, he, he's going to be, you know, sleeping well at night knowing there's somebody else coming on with some great, you know, pearls of wisdom. Oh. Well, look, I mean...
6: <laughs> Great. Laughed off the court. <laughs> you laugh can laugh at it works. Is that the
2: rule of the week? That's the rule of the week. Uh, <laughs>
6: yes, it's a
1: cheap sport. It's not free. Okay. Well, yeah, thank you, Jamo. <laughs> that was very thank insightful. You.
2: Yeah, it really, really added something to my life this week, Jamo. Thanks, mate. i got to talk to Jane yeah, about I where can, we bought a place. She'll <laughs> be wrapped. <there> <laughs> I can see. Straight can... off to the proctologist. <laughs>
6: We're getting worse the longer we go on, aren't we? It's getting
1: worse. Look, I can, I can see why this is why people's favourite segment of the week, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah, okay. Uh, Joe. Right, well,
2: we'll you. catch you next week.
1: Well, Dietz, I can't believe we're back here at the end of the show already. It's like a VHS tape going in fast forward, going blah, 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 blah,
2: blah, blah, and that's how quickly it's gone before my eyes. <laughs>
1: well... <laughs> I mean, have you got anything else? No, you've seen
2: that. You've seen the blah, 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 blah. Anyway, we want to thank Mark Beretta for joining us. What a lovely man he was. The Honourable Leon Bignall, Minister Stuart Ayres, and well, Jammo—he doesn't actually have a title. We'll just call him Jammo yeah, for
1: uh, for all intents and purposes for joining us on this week's episode. And don't forget, you can reach us on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube—all at Trailtowns TV. And congratulations
2: to Sandy Fandango, and that is her name for winning last week's question with her answer. The GVRT is such a beautiful journey. If you go to Mansfield. To, if you go from Mansfield to Tallarrook on a hot day, you can have a dip in the river at the end. By the way, did you know the GVRT is spending money on putting amazing art structures right along the whole thing? And that's going to happen in the future, Vandy.
1: Wow, another thing to look at. There's already so much to look at. This week's temper question is what is your favorite trail town and why? We're making it super simple. So head over to Instagram, to the Trail Towns TV page, and comment on the post that says temper question of the week.
2: Gee, that's a doozy. We'd like to thank our beautiful sponsors Giant,
1: Shimano, Nissan, Temper,
2: Quadlock and Tule, and our beautiful program producer Ruby Bannerman and Baron Michael von Thompson who is our studio producer and is actually from uh, Germany, Aristocracy.
1: Yes, thank you, Michael. And thanks for tuning in to Trail Towns on SEN. We'll catch you next week, and you can listen to us over and over and over and over and over again on SEN and the SEN app. Auf Wiedersehen. Geschmeckt gut. Bye-bye for now. Tschüss, für